Welcome to the Apple for the Teacher podcast, the true crime podcast that features the good apples and the bad apples within the school system. My name is Anna Thomas, a teacher and your host. So join me as I present school stories that are tragic, shocking, unbelievable and outright bizarre. Hello everyone, this is the first mini-sode. So, what is a mini-sode, I hear you ask? I have quite a number of stories to share with you on the podcast. Some, however, are not really long enough for a regular episode. So I will put these types of stories together in what I will call a mini-sode. The mini-sodes will not replace a normal episode, but will be a bonus episode. There will be no set schedule. The mini-sodes will come out as soon as I have enough mini-stories. So today, this is mini-sode number one, and I have three mini-stories to share with you. So I'd like to set the scene for this first story. I want you to think back to your high school days and your final year exams. Some of you may have planned to go on to university, so you needed to get certain grades in order to make it into your preferred course. Some of you may have achieved that goal, but if you didn't, I want you to think about how that made you feel. Your results may not have been high enough to enter the uni course that you wanted. So keep this thought in mind as I tell this story. It took place in India this year. Around 1 million students took their university entrance exams. Gaining admission into Indian universities is very competitive. Just to give you an example, there were 28,000 people who applied to a particular university, but only 400 places were available. Getting a job in India is very competitive and therefore a university degree is of extremely high importance. Students experience intense pressure to perform well in the exams with the common belief that their entire future will be determined by these exams. A high proportion of students also receive private coaching outside of school. Families pay a high proportion of their incomes on their children's education and as a result the students feel pressure not to disappoint their parents and the sacrifices they make. So as I've already said one million students took the exam. In any exam you would expect a certain failure rate. So what would you expect to be a reasonable failure rate from one million exams? The number of students who failed this exam was 350,000. Yes, that's about one third of the students failing the exam. The results caused an outcry with many questioning how such a high failure rate could have occurred. Parents reported that their children, who usually were high achievers, had failed or received much lower than expected marks on this particular exam. It appeared to be a very large discrepancy, with many surmising that there must have been something wrong with the marking system. The spotlight was then turned to the firm that was contracted to mark the exams. There was a demand that the marking system be scrutinised. It was policy in India that any student could have any exam results re-verified, but this came at a cost. In this particular circumstance, 
With so many questionable results, the families demanded a re-verification without cost. The government announced that a full investigation would be undertaken into what happened. Now, you may be thinking this story is just about a dubious marking system. However, it's much more than that. So I now like you to go back to the question I asked you earlier about how you felt if you had ever failed an important exam. Given the climate in India, how would you think the failing students may have reacted in this situation? Well, very sadly, there were 20 students who were so devastated that they committed suicide. After the results came out, each day that passed saw one or two suicides. I read one story about a girl who committed self-immolation. Now, I had to look this up as I hadn't heard this term before. Self-immolation is setting oneself on fire. With more and more suicides being reported, the chief minister made a plea to students to not commit suicide, saying the exam results would be checked and that failing the exam did not mean the end of one's life. One official had this to say, It is all unfortunate. People should not resort to such kind of extreme steps. Mistakes have happened at some level. That can be checked and rectified. But for the students in India, this really sounds like a mixed message, doesn't it? As if the botched exam results weren't enough, some families now had to deal with their children taking their lives. Student groups and opposition parties called for compensation to be paid to these families. The National Human Rights Commission also issued a notice to the government seeking a detailed report on what had occurred. Now, this only happened earlier this year, and I haven't been able to find out what was concluded from the investigation, so it may be ongoing. But a concern that I have is that the investigation is internal. Shouldn't there be an independent investigation into the matter? Can the government really be trusted to scrutinise itself? So I really look forward to an update on this story. Now, just something further that I found while researching the story. We have already seen the high pressure imposed on students to succeed in India. The pressure has resulted in cheating and corruption. Parents have been known to pay bribes to politicians and bureaucrats, all colluding with the police to allow the cheating. But of course, I'm sure this is not something that is exclusive to India. Here is one example of the pressure placed on students. In one incident in 2015, family members of students scaled a school building attempting to pass cheat sheets to their children. There is a video showing this, and my jaw dropped to the ground when I watched it. You see a building. And all these people are climbing up to the windows, passing things through the windows. I'm going to put this on social media, and it is an absolute must-see. All right, let's go on to the next story. Now, this one is very bizarre. A student does something at his school which defies belief. This is going to be a very strange story involving 
urine. Yes, that's what I said. So when you were a child, you probably remember being taught about the dangers of electricity, about not using electrical appliances around water, about not putting your fingers or metal objects into electrical PowerPoints. A 12-year-old boy in the US got up to some mischief in his school bathroom. From his actions, he must have known that electricity and water don't mix. So what did he do? He urinated into a power outlet in an attempt to light a fire. This action did manage to start a small fire with enough smoke to set off the fire alarm. A quick-thinking student managed to grab a fire extinguisher and the fire was put out. The boy was arrested and charged with criminal recklessness. When this story came to light, it raised a number of questions, one of those being whether he could have given himself an electric shock while showering the outlet with urine. This question was investigated by the TV show Mythbusters, which you may be familiar with. They conducted an experiment and concluded that there is a risk of electric shock if someone urinates at a close distance. When the urine comes from a far distance, it turns into droplets and is not likely to be dangerous. But a stream of urine at a close distance hasn't fallen far enough to become droplets, which could possibly send a shock up the stream into the person's body. There have also been other reports of people getting electric shocks after urinating on a train track. So is that possible? I found one story where a man was hit and killed by a train and the autopsy revealed that he had burns on his penis and thumb and forefinger. It was concluded that he had urinated on the track and the electric current cursed up the stream of urine causing the burns. He tragically was then hit and killed by an oncoming train. Now I don't know what happened to the boy who urinated but given that he was only 12, probably not a lot. So that's the end of that story. I bet you had no idea this episode would involve a discussion about urine. This next story only just occurred in September this year. We go to the state of Ohio in the U.S., A group of high school students went to the Hocking Hills State Park. With them was Victoria Schaefer, who was a professional photographer. She was taking portraits of the senior students at the Old Man's Cave. She had positioned the students and was taking a series of photos. Suddenly, a large log fell and struck Victoria. She sadly died at the scene. It was determined afterwards that the log weighed 74 pounds and was six foot long. It had fallen from a height of 75 feet. It appeared to be a tragic accident. Victoria was 44 years of age and the mother of four children. Her 19-year-old son, John, received the call from his father about the tragedy. John said, I was like, is she okay? And he was like, no, she's dead. After that, I didn't really say anything or think at all. I just figured maybe I heard the wrong name on the call 
or maybe I was just hearing it wrong. For a month after the tragedy, it remained a mystery exactly what had happened. But what was initially deemed an accident soon came to be viewed otherwise. An imprint was found of where the log had been, and from its position, it was impossible for it to have rolled over the cliff by itself. A reward of $10,000 was offered for any information. Finally, a call to the police tip line resulted in the arrest of two 16-year-old boys. A text had been sent by one of the boys saying that he had done something serious at the park with another kid. They admitted to deliberately pushing the log from the cliff. They had taken the log from a pile of logs which had been stored not far from the edge of the cliff. A teenage girl named Miranda was with the boys. She said one of the boys said there was no one below and told the other boy to throw the log. They did it to be funny, she said. The teens were charged with reckless homicide in juvenile court and then their charges had been upgraded to murder. Their bond was set at $100,000. As they are from the state of Ohio, they could be tried as adults. One of Victoria's friends said, One thing I know to be true is this. Victoria would simply want the result of all of this to be increased safety and awareness at all parks. She'd never have wanted to put these kids' lives or any other person's life in danger. Victoria's 19-year-old son John had this to say, If there's anybody that understands teenagers making mistakes, it's my mum and me. If it was truly just some kids that didn't know any better or were just being stupid kids and not anything more than that, I think my mum would understand. Catherine was one of Victoria's friends and said this, While nothing will bring Victoria back, our family is grateful to finally begin to have the answers we have been seeking and to have a better understanding of the actions of others which led to her tragic death. It is our hope that the information learned will prevent another family from ever experiencing a similar tragedy. How amazing are these people? Such a tragedy and this is how they react. Now that's class. I I, I cannot, I could not fathom if something like this ever happened to one of my family members. I, I couldn't imagine reacting the way that they did. They're such amazing people. It was such a senseless death. As it only occurred a few months ago, it remains to be seen what happens to these two boys. So I will keep you updated. Now, just to finish off, I thought I would add one more story, a good apple to finish. There's no crime involved, just a lovely feel-good story. This story is about a five-year-old kindergarten student named Priscilla Perez. She was described as a happy little girl who was enjoying kindergarten. But her teacher started to see a change in her after she got a haircut. She became very quiet and withdrawn, so her teacher talked to her to find out why. She said she was getting teased about her new haircut, with people saying her short haircut made her look like a boy. So this scenario is a very common one in schools kids getting teased about the way they look. So how do you think the teacher decided to resolve the situation? I don't think that you're ever going to guess. 
Well, she cut her own waist-length hair into a short bob. She said, I told them, I think I look beautiful. Don't you think I do? I had to show them boys have long hair like girls and girls have short hair like boys. The teacher got her message across. Priscilla went back to being her usual self and the class learned an important message. What a lovely story. I just love hearing stories like this. Okay, so you thought that was the last story, but you can't get rid of me that easily. I found this next story just recently and I thought I would add it to the end of this mini-sode. So what started with three stories now has ended with five stories. This story just happened and it describes a wonderful teacher. You often hear about teachers receiving Teacher of the Year awards. I'm still waiting for mine, but I'm sure it will come soon. (laughs) Uh, A teacher in Texas in the US received her school district's 2019 Secondary Teacher of the Year award. She was commended for leading the Adopt-A-Child Community Service Project, where high school students adopt elementary school students in need and buy them holiday gifts. This is what was said to her after she won the award. Congratulations to, and I won't say her name, the Family Science Teacher for being named the 2019 Secondary Teacher of the Year. She credits her family's belief in education as her reason for developing a passion for teaching. Here is a quote from the teacher herself. The most important role of a teacher is to help shape future generations to become successful members of our community. More than any curriculum I teach my students, I hope that they will walk away from my classroom thinking of ways that they can make a difference in their community and impact the lives of others for the better. So it seems the award was well deserved for this teacher, right? However, six months after receiving the award, the teacher was accused of performing oral sex on a student in her classroom. Yes, that's right. She worked at the Round Rock High School and the offence reportedly occurred in October this year. A male student reported to police that on several occasions, the teacher had sexual contact with him, including oral sex in her classroom. The police had access to text messages between the teacher and the student, which supports the boy's allegation. She faces a charge of improper relationship between an educator and a student, which is a second-degree felony. Her husband is a teacher at the same school. Can you imagine what he's going through? So this is another story to follow. But wow, I can't believe that people like this exist. Such wolves in sheep's clothing. I'm also doing another story of a teacher who was so well liked by everyone, but they weren't who they appeared to be. So you'll be hearing that story soon. So that's it. I promise no more. Next episode, we'll go back to the usual bad apple, good apple episode. So bye for now and remember to be a good apple.